Luke's Gospel incites us to go. It encourages us to go because most of Jesus' ministry was on the go. Jesus' ministry was more often than not in the streets kicking up Jesus' dust. Jesus' ministry was more often than not in people's homes. Jesus' ministry more often than not was in the Agora, in the marketplace. Jesus' ministry was more often than not than not at places, uh, at fisheries, at lakeside shores, in a variety of places. And yet we peculiarly turn that upside down and, and kind of believe, perhaps wrongly, that this is doing church. This is worship. Being and doing church is what happens when we go. And Luke challenges us to go. Because when we go, we see that God's realm truly is a great big party. It's something to celebrate. Something to give thanks for. Something to enter into with a great deal of imagination, with new eyes, with a hopeful heart, and with a great sense of anticipation of the ways in which God to innovate and enhance the realm of God on earth this day. The last week, if you were here, we learned that uh, when you're invisible, when you feel invisible, God sees you. That's a party. That's a party. Last week, we learned also that when you feel boxed out and unable to make your way into a gathering, God opens up a roof and creates a way for you. That's innovation. That's creativity. That's imagination. That's a celebration. That's a party. Today we're going to look at a text which carries those themes, I think, even further. Jesus' ministry was all about reformation. We think Martin Luther was the first reformer and then Calvin and Zwingli and those folks. No, it wasn't. Jesus was the first reformer. Jesus came reforming the institutions and the maintenance of those institutions in His day. Jesus came enhancing ministry. Jesus came building on the past and opening new spaces for new people. Jesus came as an innovator. Jesus came as a vision originator. Jesus came as a person showing the rest of the world a new way to live. Jesus was a person who came sharing and showing people what new truth in Him looks like when it goes deeper. And Jesus was a person who came to let us know what new life actually looks like. Thanks be to God. Right? Let's read our text, and I think you'll see in a couple of key ways. That's again this week, even like we saw last week. And uh, the story... Jesus went out. Go. Right? Jesus went out, and He saw a tax collector. Tax collectors were rascals. Not sure if they still are today. Wink, wink. Winking emoji. Jesus saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, who was usually a Jew that worked on behalf of the Roman government, uh, collecting taxes for the Romans. The story doesn't tell us this, but usually tax collectors were a little bit more than middle class, perhaps lying their po pockets a bit, but we don't know. Let's not read that in and assume. Levi, sitting at his tax booth, I love this, two words, follow me. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And look at this. And Levi got up, left everything, 
and followed him. Talk about uh, take this job and sayonara. You thought I was going to say the other thing, didn't you? Talk about a take this job and see you later. That's what Levi did. Then Levi, he was so excited about this because he was an outsider, now an insider. He held a great banquet. It was a party for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of other tax collectors came. So you see what's happening here? An outsider, rascal, becomes an insider. He's so excited about this, he throws a party at his house for other outside rascals. And a large crowd of these tax collectors slash rascals came and others were eating with them. Now the real rascals. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to His disciples. They don't like this. You know, so they start asking questions. Right? Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, why are you eating with them? Jesus, we're good Jews. We do things a certain way. We have certain rules and laws and traditions. And you must never, ever change those things. So why are you doing it? What's up with that? W-T-H. What the heck? You thought I together, didn't you? Jesus answered them and He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. It's the sick. Which really is all of us. I haven't come to call the righteous. (laughs) I've come to call sinners to repent, to turn, to make a change, to innovate, to redirect to refocus, to reprioritize, to head in a new direction. And they said to him, disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours, yours go on eating and drinking. You see the conflict here? John's disciples are pretty cool. John's disciples follow our rules. John's disciples do what we say should happen from here until eternity and beyond. So John's disciples are okay. But your followers, these guys, uh uh-uh. Why do they do that? And Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And then in those days, they'll need to fast. And he told them this parable. I love this parable. This is a message for us today. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old garment. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. I always found that curious. never quite figured that out uh, until I started washing clothes. I'm not going to tell you when I started washing clothes. But you see, if you take, 
if you have an old set of clothes that you've washed a whole bunch, it's already shrunk. And then if you take a new patch of cloth that's never been washed and you cut it out and you put a new patch of cloth and sew it into a piece of cloth that's already shrunk, when you sew that new unshrunk cloth into an old shrunk cloth and then you put this whole new garment into the wash, the new unshrunk piece of cloth will shrink and tear. It will tear out. It will fall away. And no one pours, he goes on, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. And the wine will run out. And the wineskins will will be ruined. So similarly, friends, you don't take new wine and put it into the machinations of the old wineskin because the new wine with innovative ideas put into an old wine skin. And when it begins the fermentation process, the old wineskin breaks and you lose not just the old wineskin, but the new wine that you've poured in. In other words, you run the risk of losing the new wine if you pour it into the old skin. Why would anybody in their right mind want to do this thing? Hmm. Some texts you just don't even hardly have to preach. It says it all. No, he goes on, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. You see, Levi and his tax collector buddies, these new folks need to be celebrated because it's a party. And you can't put them into old wineskins. You run the risk of losing them. Levi and his tax collector buddies who stand up and follow Jesus Christ need some freedom and some space to be put into a new form, a new wineskin. Or it may break and everyone loses. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old wine is better. The reading of God's Word. Amen? That was not very robust. Hey, thank you very much. So you see what's happening here. Jesus is really talking about God's realm being a great big party when we go. Because when we go, the kingdom of God's party is about reformation. It's about enhancements. It's about opening spaces for people. It's about new way, new truth, new life. It's about new, new, new. It's about enhance, enhance, enhance. It's about new way, new truth, new life. It's about innovate, innovate, innovate. It's about relevant, relevant, relevant. It's about party, party, party. And these are all things that ought to be celebrated, not grieved and lamented. So it got me thinking a lot about my own life as a person and even as a pastor. 
Uh, we have this thing in our house where we, we try to change up something in our house about every 10 years, right? Have you ever walked into somebody's house and it's like a time warp? I've done this before. I've gone into somebody's house and it's like, whoa, man, Brady Bunch was over 25, 30 years ago, dude. Have you ever done that? Some of you, I've been to your homes. Something's wrong with that. Because we freeze in time. And when we freeze in time, we run the risk of setting that time frame up as being nostalgic. And even worse, we run the further risk of nostalgia becoming an idol. So we have this thing that we try to do stuff different. Like, you know, we'll put new knickknacks up on the wall, which is a good thing because it's not about the knickknacks on the wall. What it's really about is two human beings staying relevant and engaged and active in the world that actually exists. Because that's what Jesus was about. Staying relevant and in tune with the world that actually exists in His time and in His day. And I would almost say that a healthy church should do the same things. A healthy church. I'm going to go bold here. I'm going real bold. You don't have to agree with me. Some of you will agree with me and some of you won't. And I'll know. Right, right? I mean, I just, I, I get the lovely vantage point. Um, churches shouldn't do the same thing more than two, three, four years in a row. Because three years from now is not the same as right now. Because the gospel of God in Jesus Christ is always about creatively innovating and staying relevant to the needs of the people in the world as it exists today. If we don't do that, we run the risk of losing folks like Levi. We run the risk of taking a new patch and sewing it into an old garment. We run the risk of taking new wine and putting it in an old wineskin. And the story is pretty clear. Don't be that guy. Pastor fail. Uh, how many of you over the years have gone to a blockbuster video store? I think every hand should be raised in this room. I, went, I used to go to, if you've gone to blockbuster to rent a video or a DVD at the end, raise your hand. Right? You see what I'm saying? 90% of us have gone to Blockbuster to get a video. Remember when it was all the thing? Couldn't get a video unless you paid, what, your 10 bucks to get your card? Got to pay your 10 bucks so that you become a member. And then when you, get, you become a member, you get to be, you get let into the store so that you can look at everything. Right? Do you know how many Blockbuster videos exist in our country right now? One. And you know why there's only one left? They kept it open for a museum. <laughs> oh, you laugh. You laugh, my friends, but here's the zinger. We do it in the church all the time. We do that exact behavior in the church all 
the stinking time. Oh, we're going to start this thing and it's going to go on forever. doesn't matter where the rest of the world goes. We got our museum of one. How about Kodak film? I know everybody's hand's going to raise up now. How many of you, at one point in your life, have gone and bought Kodak film? Remember that? You buy Kodak film, and if you're lucky, you're able to not expose the rest of the film, which that's another conversation. I've done that before. You put it into your camera, right? And you, you, it's either, what, 12 or 24? And didn't they have 36? Like, if you were like, I never went 36 because I was always afraid I wouldn't get in the camera right, you know? And I don't want to waste that 36. But you go to the Kodak store, you get your film, you put it in your camera, you start, start snapping your photographs. Then what do you do? You take your film and you bring it back to the store. And, and what do they do? They develop it for you. Thank you very much. How many of us do that now? You know why? In 2012, Kodak went bankrupt and went out of business. The irony of this story is, Kodak is the one that invented digital photography. The real deeper sadness of this is, they couldn't figure out how to take the very thing they developed and innovate a different business model to sustain themselves through tsunami-like change in the way we take our photographs. But we do it all the time in church. Can't quite figure it out. Thank you very much. That, that sound agreed with me. We do it all the time in church. This is the exact same struggle that Jesus had with the Pharisees. This is the exact same struggle Jesus had with the Pharisees. Pharisees say, Jesus... We think you're pretty cool. You certainly got a ground roots movement going on. But we want you to do the same things you've always done forever. <laughs> Jesus comes along and he says, that's not really what I'm about. I want you to go. Get out of your synagogues. What I want you to do is I want you to go into the streets, wherever, the, wherever that going takes you, and I want you to innovate. I want you to innovate. I want you to go to where the places are that people hang out. And I want you to be my hands and my feet. That's why church is never about this. It's always about a movement of people committed to going out and doing and being that. It's kind of cool, right? So I think we can live into the gospel is a party in two ways. Uh, first, we're going to celebrate new followers. We're going to celebrate new followers like Levi because they're going to bring new ideas with them. They're going to help us innovate. They're going to help us enhance. They're going to help us be and stay relevant. And that's what we're going to celebrate. And it's a party. 
Because Levi, the hated outsider, became a loved insider immediately. Party! And Jesus was open to all these kinds of people. Are there any tax collectors in here? Okay. What's that? Yeah, just, thank you. Just taxpayers. Okay. So, uh, we got some work to do. Are there, are there any folks in here who, uh, because of the economy, be careful here, uh, but you sell sexual favors for money. Do you, is there anybody in here that does this? Thank you for not raising your hand. Uh, that would be a little awkward. That's where Jesus went. Is there anybody in here that was untouchable by our culture's definition? I mean, and when I mean uncult- untouchable, you couldn't live in the center of town. You had to go to the outskirts of the town to live. Anybody here have been through that kind of label before? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Do you have leprosy? AIDS? Are you afraid to come to church because of your sexual identity? Anybody? we got some work to do. Because all Jesus did is He'd go to these places and He'd say, follow me. Oh yeah, man, for sure. Uh, Let's go. What? It's powerful. So, Today, we've been celebrating briefly a little bit new followers. I want to show a brief little seven-minute video of uh, four of our interns. They're new followers. We asked them to follow Jesus here this summer, and they said, okay. Got nothing else going on. Their parents probably had a couple of things for them to do. Okay. And I want you to hear what their experience was like, a little seven-minute video. Can we do that? And... uh, Check out what happens when we're open to new followers with new ideas. This summer, as I was interning, um, I learned a lot of new things more than I thought I would. Um, thing that I did learn was that my role as an intern was very important to these kids. At, um, I think to realize that um, these kids will pick up everything they see, everything you do. If you're excited about something, they're also excited about something. If you're not excited about something, they also don't want to be excited about. Um, so it was really fun watching them um, really enjoy certain things and and just being able to see what they enjoyed and the little things they would pick up was, it was nice because um, it made me appreciate more of the little things around. And another thing, <laughs> Um, I enjoyed as an intern was watching these kids grow throughout the summer, um, watching them develop friendships, and um, I believe they were able to grow because it was a safe place to do so, and um, they had a lot of people around them that would support them and and would always be excited to um, to see them each time they show up every morning. Um, it was a very meaningful experience to me because. Um, I got to spend the whole summer with them and I got to learn a lot from each and every one of them and see how God created them in a unique way. Um, I 
learned a lot from these kids and learned more than I thought I would. Um, I also learned how to be more patient with these kids and um, how to be creative because you feel like you always, you know what you're doing, but you need, always need to learn how to be creative and come up with something new um, to have these kids excited and make sure they have fun and learn something new each day. The last thing I learned um, as an intern was caring for these children on a more deeper level. And in order to caring for them, you need to get to know them first. And now I'm going to take that with me for the rest of my life. Over the internship, I learned how to be an effective leader and an effective leader that will get things done rather than make sure everyone likes them. And I learned that everyone can also be a leader. You have to be direct. You have to tell people what you need, when you need it, and how you need it done. Second one is be clear. Communicate with your team as much as you can when you need something done or else it's not going to get done. Three, be exemplar. Kids are always gonna be watching, and so you have to be a good role model all the time. Even when no one is around, be a good role model. And the last thing, the fourth, is to be open. Ask for help, and sometimes it's not easy to ask for help. I hardly, I try to refrain from asking for help all the time, but I learned that if I don't ask for help, then I can't get things done. And so asking for help, is important because there are plenty of people around you that are going to help you. I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to do the internship because first of all I learned how to be an effective leader and now for the rest of my life I can be an effective leader and practice that wherever I go. So this summer as an intern I learned to look out for outcasts. Um, not necessarily the kids who are outcasts, but the kids who are going to be outcasts. The ones when you're playing games, you see them on the sideline. They don't have all their friends, they don't want to play the games, they want to sit there and they want to relax. Um, I, I, play, I did games with kids most of the summer and I saw a lot of these kids. I saw a lot of them that just didn't want to play that day and usually I let them. I let them sit on the side and it was fine. I played games with the majority of the kids, it was fine. But I noticed that the more they sat on the side, the more comfortable they were staying there the next day and the next day. And that's how they become separated from their friend group, separated from playing games, separated from learning about God. So it's up to us leaders to take the initiative because God loves them. So obviously we need to love them and we do. We know we love them, but they don't always know that they're loved and they're not gonna come up to us. So we first need to find those kids. We need to see them when they go off to the side and we need to start the conversation. We need to see how they're doing. We need to talk to them. Next, what you have to do is keep following up with them. Make sure they stay with the activity as much as you can for the rest of the time. Uh, because of this internship, now I feel I have the confidence, I have the ability to take that with me for the rest of my life and keep helping those kids.
This summer, I took the opportunity to become an intern here at Solidarity and PPC, and it is one of like the best things I've done because it's working with kids, something that I love doing. Just seeing their faces full of joy, it's such an amazing thing, amazing feeling. Um, because that you know it's that you are part of that. And some of the things that I learned these past six weeks are how to take leadership, um, being a role model, and becoming a problem solver. Um, before all that, though, um, I was actually like not confident with myself. Like I was always asking all these questions, but as I gained more experience, and more confidence, I was now able to answer those like uh, questions that were being asked. And along with um, here at VBS, um, I was able to take a part of being on stage, something that I normally don't do, which is something that I actually have to thank God for because without Him, like He pushes my limits and. Because of that, I'm able to do um, more than I think I can. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of myself as well, and also all of the interns that were working with me. Along with all the kids, getting to know them, it was such a great experience to be here throughout all this time and making new memories. So God's realm is a party, and we celebrate the new and the ideas they bring. Because really, after all, the church, I would hope, would be the one place, the one institution of grace that opens its doors to the new, to the other, to the innovator to the Imagineer. We really ought to be that one place where we celebrate new in our midst. I know I do, and I'm thankful for these four new interns that helped us do that. Can you just thank them again for me with a clan clap? <laughs> by the way, yep. And by the way, AJ put that video together a new form, a new wineskin. Second way we celebrate the realm of God being a party is we celebrate new followers and new forms that they bring. We celebrate the new forms that they bring into our midst. We don't force them to come as new to be like us. We don't force them to come and fit into our form. That was the rub that Jesus had with the Pharisees all the way through. And it didn't end well for Jesus. We have another group here today. We have Tim, Tim Lee, and I almost called you Ven Bale earlier. Sorry about that. That would have like been embarrassing, even though I just did. But we have Tim here and Ben, and a variety of folks from Cal State Fullerton and InterVarsity. And uh, I know you guys want to talk a little bit with us about uh, the new 
uh, in your midst and even the new forms that you're importing into some of your ministry. So, Tim, am I going to turn this over to you and Ben? Or Okay, come on up, you guys. This university. Give him a hand clap. Come on in. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. There you go. Thanks, Pastor Tobin. Um, I'll let Ben share um, a lot of the work that's been happening at Cal State Fullerton uh, and beyond. Um, so, here you are, Ben. Awesome. Well, good morning, church. Um, I have some notes. I like to talk, so I'm going to try and stick to them. Um, but uh, it's just it's a joy to be here with Placentia Presbyterian Church. Um, there's so many ways um, that. Uh, you guys have played a significant role in our outreach to the local college campuses. Um, it's been such a joy. Uh, Tim and I um, moved in this area five years ago and um, have had the opportunity to see college students uh, come to know Jesus, come to grow in their faith. Um, and it's been uh, such a joy to have PPC be such a primary partner uh, in the work that we do. Um, you guys uh, played a significant role in helping our new student outreach uh, happen in August uh, as well as in January. Um, when the semester started at Cal State Fullerton and Fullerton College, um, it was uh, through your partnership and support that we were able to get uh, over 800 contact cards from students at Cal State Fullerton and another 300 more from Fullerton College. Um, you helped us put on an evangelistic outreach campaign um, that is uh, still fairly new in our world, uh, which is an interactive art station where you get to vote on things, but also we are sharing the gospel and scripture, uh, inviting folks to respond to Jesus. Uh, you helped us plant 14 new small group Bible studies on the two campuses, um, and uh, we've just loved being here. You've helped uh, give us facilities for trainings, um, as well as our summer Bible study, um, you're going to be helping us with, with facilities for our leadership teams upcoming, uh, and I know uh, many of you are, have participated in our Food for Finals, which is another new thing that we just dreamed up. What if we helped hungry college students eat and study during finals? Uh, it's been incredible to be able to help them um, during that time. Uh, some of the new things that are upcoming for us is uh, we do have this new and growing ministry over at Fullerton College. Um, when Tim and I started with InterVarsity, we came for Cal State Fullerton, uh, but God has put Fullerton College on our heart. Um, and now we're also looking over at Cypress College, um, which is a sister school with FC. Um, one new thing is most of the folks up here are part of a new team uh, called our executive leadership team. Uh, as our leadership team has been growing, uh, we've needed to disciple uh, students and young staff to learn how to lead leaders and learn how to take uh, even a greater role in their spiritual formation and their spiritual authority on campus. Um, we're going to have a leadership team of 21 staff and students um, planting 17 new Bible studies uh, in a couple weeks at Cal State Fullerton and Fullerton College. And so praise God for that. And this last year, we saw over 50 decisions of faith, new students to follow Jesus. So praise God. Um, some of the things that are upcoming for us that I want to invite you to, to pray for is... Um, once again, you guys are a primary uh, sponsor for our, our new student outreach. And so we're going to be uh, welcoming the many thousands of new freshmen and transfers at Cal State Fullerton and Fullerton College um, who are looking for community, looking for friends, and yet, especially in those first few weeks on the college campus, are open and curious to spiritual things and are willing to come and hear the gospel presented, to make new friends, 
um, and to participate in a Bible study, maybe even if they never have before. Um, so we're going to be welcoming those thousands of new students. We're going to have a prayer walk on August 25th at 7 p.m. at Cal State Fullerton, which I'm sure you could ask Tim more about if you wanted to, to join us in prayer. Um, yeah, and then we'll be inviting students uh, to our kickoff event where we're praying for about 125 to 150 students uh, to join us in worship, to hear the gospel presented. Uh, and so uh, one last new thing, you guys talked about interns. I'm going to talk about my intern. Uh, so we also have Rachel Salazar. You can wave, raise your hand. Um, Rachel came, just graduated from UC Irvine, and uh, is giving two years of her life uh, to move to Fullerton. She's brand new to the area uh, and wants to help us reach college students. And uh, she's going to be focusing on freshman dorm ministry at Cal State Fullerton. Um, so we're, we're just so thankful for the partnership with PPC, the ways that you've helped us innovate and try new things on campus. And we are excited uh, to take the next step in this next semester of seeking revival on the college campuses. Thanks. So it's, it's really fun to see uh, new folks innovating in new forms and to partner in that with you. It's, it's innovation, it's creativity, it's imagineering, it's the Holy Spirit of God who's a creative God, right? So we want to pray with them, and I'm going to pray for them and their ministry as they kick it off. You can, if you want to join, just lend a hand out this way in this direction, right? We're going to pray for all of them and their ministry and uh, celebrate today uh, new folks doing ministry in new forms. And let's pray. Loving and holy God, today's a great day to celebrate. Celebrate what you've done in our midst over the summer, to celebrate what you've done at InterVarsity uh, over the many years that uh, both Ben and Tim have been uh, a part of things there and this great-looking crew of young men and women uh, who are true Imagineers, true pioneers, true pilgrims of the faith, stepping out boldly, seeking to be relevant and relational, using all of their God-gifted sense of call and imagination to do one thing and one thing well, to share Christ with those who do not know it, to simply ask people to follow you and watch as they get up and follow and not be too astounded. We are inspired. We are energized. We are encouraged. Continue to protect them this calendar year and program year. May their ministry go on with a great sense of your leading, infused by your power that rose Jesus from the dead and raises each of us in this room to the height of creative imagination that more and more men and women of all ages would come to know you. In the strong name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much, you guys, for coming. Blessings. All right. Be encouraged. Come back anytime. All right. Cool, man. Blessings. Congratulations. Blessings. Amen. Blessings. Hey, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, man. All right. Um, so uh, I suppose a pastoral message to us would really be very simple, right? Will you commit with the leadership of PPC to reach new folks and to disciple them in new forms in ways that are relevant, relational, and bold for today? Will you do that? Right? Will we have patience with each other? 
when we recognize that perhaps we're trying to sew a new piece of cloth into an old piece of cloth? Will we love each other and struggle with one another when we realize that perhaps we may be putting new wine into an old wineskin? Will we risk a love that transcends those difficult conversations, not for my sake and not for yours, but for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ in his world today? Will you risk doing that? Will you? Will you? I need to get out of the light so I can see folks. It's not easy, is it? You know, I'm going I'm to confess something to you. Some of the struggles that I watch Jesus have with Pharisees that keep me awake at night. Because I love every single person in this room. And that's not hyperbole in a world that's gone mad with hyperbole. Let's pray. Lord, it's difficult. It's a struggle. We name it. Maybe that'll release some of the fear and anxiety and power it may have. We also confess that when the, cha- the pace of innovation around us is faster than the pace of innovation within our church, we are becoming irrelevant. And none of us here wants that most importantly. Neither do you. It's an exciting time to be church today. If, if, if our eyes are fixed wholly, completely, and totally on you, may that be the truth of this place. Please stand with us.